Good morning, Solid Rock. Thank you for joining us today online. I trust you are doing well. I want to thank you for last week. It was great to see so many of you as we did our drive-through and we were able to greet you and to see you and your families and your loved ones. It was great to see you. This morning, I want to take a few moments and I want to continue talking about the power of God. And as we do, what I'd like to do is I want us to see how the cross it plays such a major part in a display or an exhibition of the power of God. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read a couple verses out of 1 Corinthians, a couple passages out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles with you at home or if you've got them online on your phone, if you can turn to them now and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I've got seven verses in there, 18 through to 25, that I'd like to read. And then we're going to go to chapter 2 and read a few more verses. As we read these verses, especially these first view out of the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, I want you to, to hear a couple words as I'm reading them. If, if they could jump out at you or if you could make mental note of them. The word wisdom compared to the word foolish. Um, many, many times it's in here. The word wisdom and also the word power, power of God. So as I read this, just, just take a mo moment as you're listening to see how many times you hear those words in this passage. The word wisdom compared to foolishness and the word power of God. So verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where, where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish, made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for a sign and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I love that. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger. It's like there's no comparison when it comes to the standard, the nature, the attributes, the person of God. And when we try to put ourselves, substitute ourselves in the place where God is, there is no substitute and there's no comparison to who God is. And then if you can turn over one page to chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, I want to read the first five verses out of that chapter, carrying on a very similar theme as Paul is writing to the people in Corinth. Corinth. 
And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come to you with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith, listen to this, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of, God, of man, but on the power of God. That your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. I want to talk about the power of God. I want to talk about the power of God today and how we see it through the message of the cross. Amen. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you this morning that you would quicken my thoughts, quicken my mind as you have given me these thoughts this morning and that I'd be able to share them with everyone listening today online. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would invade the homes, invade the spaces where people are listening to this, and that you would quicken to them your word in their spirit and in their minds and that in their hearts, and that they would take heed to the power of the cross and the message of the cross this morning. In your precious name, amen. Now, we've been spending some time talking about the power of God. God has intricately designed his power to supernaturally influence your life and even to override your life or your situations if you let him. The power of God is designed to make an impact, an influence, and a difference in your life. I believe Many times we don't understand the power of God or we don't walk in the power of God because we don't understand the power of God. We don't understand the benefit or what the power of God could do for us. Now I want to be clear that we don't just take the power of God as some serum and say, oh, now I've got the power of God and I can do whatever I want. That's not what we do. The power of God is for us because that is a representation of who God is. That's his nature. The nature of God is his power. That is part of his nature. It says you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. So this morning I want to talk about some aspects about the power of God that we see in these two passages. The power of God, it is capable to override and influence your life in a supernatural way. Not in a natural way, in a supernatural way, which means in above and a beyond manner or above and a beyond way. I am a candidate, and I know many of you, and especially in today's day and age, living with the circumstances around us in our world with, with a pandemic and all the other stresses that seem to have been magnified because of this, if there's ever a time we need to experience the power of God, the power of his peace, the power of his strength, the power of who he is, I would suggest to you today is a good day. Today is a good day to experience his power. When Paul was writing 
to the Corinth church. They had, he had ministered to them, but he had gotten this report that there were divisions among them. And in chapter 2, when he says, I came just to share about the message of the cross and the, and the crucifixion of Christ and the power of that, he was saying that because some people were saying, well, I'm of this person, I'm of that person, I'm of this person. And he says, listen, I'm glad that I only baptized a few of you because I came to preach God's word and to let his power be demonstrated. It's interesting, some of the words that he uses in this passage, wisdom and foolishness, power and weakness. And he was combating the mindset of the day. There was a mindset from the Jewish people, and he says that it was a stumbling block because the Jewish people, they expected the Messiah to come to free them, to liberate them, to overthrow the Roman government, and instead, he wound up on a cross. And they were looking to the Messiah to answer all their problems. The only thing was their problems were all through the lens of how they saw things and not how God saw things. And he also writes how, how the picture of the cross to the Greeks was foolish because who would have a king go onto a cross? Where would you find a deity in the myths and in the legends of the Greek philosophers and the Greek people of the day, where would you find a deity or a legend that gave his life for his subjects? And where would you find a deity that would allow itself or himself to go on a cross and be crucified? That was foolishness to the Greek. And Paul was saying the weakness and the stumbling block to the Jewish people is the cross, and the, and the foolishness to the Greek people is the cross, and yet it's the power of God, and it's the wisdom of God. I am constantly, regularly, continually challenged in my mind to think the way God thinks, to train myself to see how God sees on earth as it is in heaven, to see what it looks like in heaven, to see this is what I'm asking God for it to be like on earth. And Paul here in this passage is giving them a description of some of the ways that God acts or God moves in their lives. The power of God. When you get a picture of the cross, you get a picture of the power and the wisdom of God. When you get a picture or an understanding or a revelation of the cross, you get a picture of his power and his wisdom. We just celebrated Easter. We just celebrated this amazing time of emotion of Christ being crucified. But sometimes we leave it to one day or one weekend in a year. But if you read the scriptures, this was the focal point of their life was the cross. The focal point of their life was the cross. And Paul was bringing back the Corinth church and he was saying, guys, listen, you're all fighting and arguing and there's divisions here and there's moral issues and there's this family and this thing and that thing. He says, but I want to bring you back to what is really matters and that's the cross and the power of the cross. 
So I've got a few thoughts that I'd like to share with you on the power of the cross and, and the message that the cross brings. First of all, salvation is the highest or the greatest exhibition of the power of God. Salvation is the greatest display, the greatest exhibition, the greatest um, display of his power, salvation. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent out the disciples in two by two, and they came back to him halfway through the chapter, and they were so excited, and they said, you gave us power and authority, and these things were happening, and, and Jesus says, don't, don't be so excited that they listen to your voice, which is pretty amazing. He says, don't be excited about that, but rather, I think it's in verse 21, he says, don't rejoice in this, but be thankful that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life, or in the book of life. Be thankful that you have eternal life. What he did was he put perspective to the display of God's power. Sometimes we're, well, I wouldn't say we, I'll put it to me. Sometimes I'd like to see flames off the tip of my finger. Sometimes I'd like to point and see something happen. But sometimes the power of God is so subtle, and yet it's so powerful. It's a healing power, but it's also a power to save and deliver. And the salvation is the highest or the greatest desperation display and exhibition of his power in Romans 1 verse 16 Paul says I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the good news it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes the power of God to save second thing I want you to see from this passage and from these verses is that faith is built on the foundation of the power of God, which is the message of the cross. Faith is built on that. And Paul was bringing them back to their starting point and saying, listen, the power of God is actually the foundation of your faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, um, and I read it there in verse 5, that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but on the power of God of God or in the power of God your faith would rest your faith would find its anchor point in the power of God when you believe something you'll find it in the power of God our faith is embedded in the cross our faith lives because of the cross our faith lives because of the cross our faith grows because of the cross, the power of the cross, the message of the cross, and our faith grows because of the cross and the message of the cross. And our faith rests on his power. Faith is built on the foundation of the power of God, which is the message of the cross. Another point that Paul writes in here as you read this passage, not only is the cross the answer to the sin problem, but it destroyed the power of sin. So when Paul's writing to the people in Corinth, he says, listen, the cross, it is powerful. It destroyed sin. Sin has no power over me because the cross destroyed it. For this purpose 
was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. And in, Ro in Revelation, it talks about the power of the cross and what Christ did. There, the cross is more powerful than sin. There's, sin does not rule over the cross. The cross rules and destroys sin. You've heard this term sometimes, bring it to the cross. What do we mean by that? What we mean by that is bring it to what Christ did on the cross and how Christ defeated and brought to naught the work of the enemy at the cross. And because of that, there is power that we have. I'm challenged as I've been studying this and looking at this to understand the power of the cross the message of the cross, and realize how it impacts me every single day. I do not have the luxury, and it's not a luxury, but I do not have the ability to say, well, that's just the way I am. Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old man is crucified. The old man is dead. Sin does not rule and live in my body. Sin does not live it with me. It is buried. It is dead. And now I live for Christ, the power of the cross. It says that he took the keys of hell and of death. And in Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, he talks about walking in a newness of life and that the body of sin has been done away with, or that it might be done away with. In Colossians 2, verse 15, we're talking about the power of the cross, how it destroyed the power of sin. In Colossians 2, verse 15, it says that he made a public spectacle over powers and authorities and disarmed them. He made a public spectacle of the powers and the authorities that used to rule and reign, and he disarmed them. That's the power of the cross and the work of the cross and the message of the cross. Another thought I'd like to leave with you today is that the cross is the most pivotal point in history. The cross is the most pivotal point in history. And I got this little thing I put up on the whiteboard this morning just to try to give you a picture of what I mean by that. But in the Old Testament, everything points towards the cross. Everything points to the cross. The sacrifices in the Old Testament were pictures of Christ and how he would fulfill all those different offerings. Everything in the Old Testament points to the cross. And then after the cross, everything that we experience now points back to the cross. Everything that we experience, the victory that we have, goes back to the cross. The cross is the most pivotal point in history. And in our lives, it is the most turning point, or as one book said it's the ignition point the point of starting is the cross and everything I experience in life is because of what Christ did on Calvary his death and his resurrection everything 
points to the cross from the Old Testament. And now, as we live, it points back. My source of life comes from the cross and what Christ did on the cross. In verse 23 of chapter 1, Paul wrote that we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, it's a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, it's foolishness. And when Paul is writing, he wasn't just talking about the single moment, the single moment. He wasn't just talking about that moment. What he was talking about was the act or how this changed everything. The cross changed everything. It changed the ball game. It changed the field. It changed the way that we live. It changed the way we interact with God. It changed the way we interact with each other. It changed the way we interact with ourselves. The cross it wasn't just an event. It's actually a character transformation, and it is characteristic of transformation in your life. I wrote down, as I was studying this week, I wrote down 39 things that the power of God and is found in the message of the cross. 39 Things I'd like to share them with you. I'm going to just read through them. I might stop every now and then, but I'd like to just go through them. If you'd like to get my list, you could ask me for it. I've written it out so I don't have to memorize it. But I'd like to read you some of the things that the cross is the message of. The message of the cross is the message of love. The message of the cross, which is what Paul is writing about in 1 Corinthians, is the message of love. It's the message of hope. It's the message of ultimate sacrifice. The message of the cross is the message of ultimate sacrifice. It's the message of beauty. And it's the message of gruesomeness. It's the message of pain. It's the message of freedom. It's the message of fullness and completeness. The message of the cross. And this is how you and I can look at it. When we are lacking love, when we are lacking and we're in pain or something, we can look at the cross and see how cr the cross and the message of the cross took care of pain and how it dealt with pain or how it dealt with um, unlo un unlovingness. It's the message of forgiveness. The message of cross is the message of forgiveness. The message of the cross is the message of holiness, victory, redemption, reconciliation. The message of the cross is a reconciliation message. Every time you and I walk together with people, we should be looking at a redemptive and reconciliation of what the cross has done. When we start to look at things through the lens of how the cross affected our lives, it will change the way that we interact with each other. I don't get to decide how I want to react. I react or I behave and I act according to what the cross and how the cross changed my life. The cross is a message of righteousness, a purchase. He purchased us. Righteousness. Justification, sanctification, power, transformation, 
The message of the cross is the message of glory. It's a message of simplicity, and it's a message of complexity. It's a message of exchange. The power of the cross and the message of the cross is a message of exchange. Christ came and he took what you could not do, and he did that. He did what we could never do. He exchanged us and said, my son is on the cross. He exchanged our inability for his ability. The power of the cross is a message of power over the physical. And it's also a message of the power over the spiritual, the power of the cross, the spiritual and the physical. It's a message of obedience. It's a message of the power of the cross is the message of transaction, of a debt paid, of selflessness, of humility, of faith, of overcoming. The power of the cross is a message of change. It's, a mess- it's an intense message. It's a message of intensity. There's intensity in the cross. There was emotion in the power of the cross. It is not just something that we just lay some eggs down and we chase around looking for chocolate eggs. No, the message of the cross is a transformation and it is an intense work that Christ did to display his power. The message of the cross is a message of life. The message of the cross is a message of wisdom, of triumph. It's a message of value. The message of the cross, the power of that cross and the power of God is a message of value. He values you. And like I said earlier, it's a focal point in life. Everything points to the cross before or points to the cross after. In the last couple minutes here this morning, I'd like to try to make this practical. I'd like to, to ask you to take a moment and assess your last couple weeks. Don't have to assess your life. Just, just assess the last couple weeks. Think about some of those moments in the last couple weeks and if you can be vulnerable, you don't have to type it on the, on the screen. You don't have to do that. But I would, I would like you to be honest to yourselves. And if you're with, with somebody that you're confident in, that you trust, you can share with them. And if not, talk with God. But be honest. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to finish this sentence. Because of the cross, because of the cross, I have power over, and then fill in the blank. Because of the cross, over the last couple weeks, maybe I've struggled. Maybe I've, I've, I've had some temper. Maybe I've had some outbursts. Maybe I've, I've, I've made mistakes and I've fallen or, or done things I shouldn't have done. But because of the cross... The focal point in life and the power that God displayed at the cross and the wisdom he displayed at the cross. Because of the cross, I have the power over anger. I have that power over that. I have the power over self-mutilation, destruction. 
I have the power because of the cross. I have the power over addictions and habits. They do not rule me. They do not rule me. These addictions do not rule me. Because of the cross, I have power over that. Because of the cross, I have power over fear. What do you fear? Take it to the cross. What is that that you're, you're afraid of today? Take it to the cross. And what did Christ do at the cross? He defeated it. He was victorious over it. And he reigned supreme, and he, he was victorious over the powers and the authorities of that day. Not talking about a physical realm, but in a spiritual realm. In the realm that sometimes we might not see, and that's where fear sometimes comes. We may not see it, but we fear what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. What happened? What did Christ do? He disarmed it. And because of that, you and I have power over fear. We have power over our past. My past does not dictate to me my future. Christ dictates my future. My past is past, and I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of his death and his resurrection, because of the cross, the most pivotal point in the world, in my life. Because of the cross, I have power over pornography, it does not rule me. Because of the cross, I have power over alcohol, drugs, smoking, those things that maybe you want to stop and you want to quit. And I, I'm here to tell you that because of the cross, you don't have to live by the dictates of those. You don't have to have a rough day and then run to a bottle to try to satisfy yourself. But no, instead, if you have a rough day and a tough day, you run to the cross and you say, because of what Christ did and he defeated those things on the cross and he was the complete, perfect sacrifice and he said it is finished. Because of that, I do not live by the dictates of my stress, but I live because of what Christ did, my mode of operation. Because of the cross, I have power over my weaknesses. If you could take a moment tonight, you make a moment tomorrow, you take a moment and just think about the power of the cross and the power of God now I want to encourage you to write it out. Write out these words. Because of the cross, I have power over, and then write it out. It's very simple to say it, but take a moment and write it out. Because of the power of the cross, and because of the cross, I have power over fear. I have power over anxiety. Can I pray for you this morning? We've been talking about the power of God. I'm going to ask God to display his power to you this week in a greater way, that he'd make it alive and real for you today and this week. So, Father, as we've been looking in your word about the power of of the cross and the power of God, the message that you put in the cross and how it was the power of God and the wisdom of God. Lord, I ask that you would touch every heart that is listening to this message and that we would see 
those situations around us and that we would say, Lord, I need a touch of your power. And because of the cross, because of the completed work of the cross, I can now live according to the dictates of the cross and not according to the dictates of the old things. Because of the cross, my future is changed. I thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray that you'd bless everyone today. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. May God keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have an incredible week. And I look forward to feedback and interacting with you. God bless you. Have a great week.